0: Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Voted best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Whole beers and cheeseburgers, 12 Valley locations, serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. Oxipow. Our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
1: All right, welcome in hockey fans Uh, listening to us live around the United States, Canada, Europe, wherever you may be. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you as always from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host tonight, Stephen Marsh, is uh, going to have the night off. He's taking care of some personal issues and we wish Stephen the best and look forward to having him back on again next Wednesday night. We talk uh, club hockey here most of the time, folks, and I know last week we steered you a little awry and we talked NHL hockey because of the draft and all of that good stuff, and uh, really we're waiting for the club hockey season, the ACHA hockey season, to get up and rolling. Um, Of course, we have uh, the University of Arizona, we have Arizona State, we have uh, Grand Canyon, UNLV, recently added Utah, Uh, Colorado State and the University of Colorado to our coverage area so we welcome them all in and we will definitely have some more conversations very shortly with those teams as they prepare for uh, what's a crazy season folks 2020 has been anything but normal with the pandemic and the way things have had to be shuffled around and and all of those things so uh, if you're looking for ASU, U of A, UNLV, Colorado, Colorado State, Utah, Grand Canyon. I promise you that will be coming down the pike. Tonight, though, we've got a couple of great guests and guys that I've been wanting to talk to you again. I've had them on other shows that we've done, and it's just been one of those things where uh, it's time to hook up again and start talking some good stuff. So in just a few minutes, we're going to bring on the uh, Arizona State affiliate goaltending development coordinator for usa hockey larry gibber gibson is going to come on with me and i'm so thrilled to have him because every time i have him i think we can go on for hours just talking hockey but uh when you're talking goaltender development there's nobody better to talk to in my estimation than larry gibson so we're going to have him on in just a couple of minutes um he's also got some stuff to tell us about a very special uh Try goalie for a free day for some youngsters coming up at the Ice Den in Scottsdale. Uh, Next month, I believe, we'll get into that. Um, A bunch of other stuff to talk about. So that's coming up. Uh, Following Larry, we're going to bring on uh, affectionately known as Catfish. That's all I have to say, right? Catfish Adela is going to come on from uh, Prescott Valley, Prescott, Arizona, and going to tell us a little bit about his F2 uh, premier hockey camp, roller hockey camp that's going on this weekend. We're going to be up there Friday night and Saturday to uh, do a little feature for our upcoming Sunday special. So that's coming up. Um, in the meantime, I do want to talk just a little bit about uh, the club hockey scene. And I know a lot of people have asked me, they said, what's going on? Because uh, the uh, the western part of ACHAD1, if you will, um, the WCHL, is actually set on playing their games starting their season January 1st and and proceeding from there. We also know that there are other parts of the country that have already started playing games. If you've uh, looked on the internet, you've seen that uh, Jamestown in North Dakota and Minot State, I believe, have started playing games already in other parts of the country. So, yeah, there's some hockey going on. Uh, we do know the USHL is planning on a uh, early next month start, I think November 8th or something like that. So uh, that's exciting. That tells us we're kind of getting back closer to normal. And, of course, NCAA hockey, we had Coach Powers on the uh, podcast last night on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. And he told us that they're going to play their first game in the Big Ten Conference on the road on the 20th of uh, November. So there you go. A little breaking news if you missed us last night. Um, Just to, uh, to catch you up on everything that is going on, in the meantime, uh, the women are, uh, are busy at it, too. I know uh, ASU and GCU and uh, Utah are all battling to, uh, to get their rosters put together, and they're all chomping at the bit to get on the ice. The Kachinas program having a big weekend uh, this weekend as part of uh, USA Hockey Girls hockey program. So a lot to talk about. Let's take a quick two-minute break, and let's come back and bring on our first guest of the night, Larry Gibber Gibson in two minutes.
0: Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena, stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill.
2: Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our Three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com.
3: I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in the next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for a New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan. And I'll be checking out Bell Ford and bellford.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go. Shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IceTimeHockeySW.com sent you, and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix.
0: Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit MdriveFormen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code drive at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive.
1: All right, we're back. Club hockey, Southwest weekly, Scott Strandy, joining you as always from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host uh, normally in Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh is a, uh, taking care of some personal issues with family issues. So uh, Stephen will not be joining us tonight, but we have a couple of great guests that will be joining us. First, we're going to bring on the uh, state affiliate goaltending development coordinator for USA Hockey and the state of Arizona, Larry Gibber Gibson. Uh, and we're going to talk some goaltending. So Larry, if you're, uh, you're online with us there, if you hit uh, one of those call-in buttons, we'll put you on live and, and we'll start talking some hockey Especially on the goal side, goaltending side of things, because we know uh, if you've been around the desert southwest for sure, uh, Larry is the guru, and uh, we love having him on to talk uh, to talk goaltending. There's so much to talk about. So uh, as we wait to get Larry connected here, we will uh, tell you just a little bit more about um, what's going on around the valley. As as things, it's strange, folks. It's really kind of difficult for me because some of the arenas. Uh, are not allowing fans or people in Uh, other people are allowing or other arenas I should say, are allowing limited number of people with social distancing and masks and things like that. And then other programs seem to be going full bore. So uh, it's different. It's strange. I guess we'd expect nothing more than seven months of a pandemic to uh, dictate life for us, but um, we're all hanging in there. We're, uh, we're being strong. We're being smart. We're making the best decisions that we can for not only programs and businesses and families and our day-to-day life, but uh, that's what it's all about is uh, is putting it all together. So um, when we talk hockey in the desert Southwest, so many things have exploded, folks. In the last six years since we started Ice Time Hockey Southwest, uh, who would have imagined that we would have the growth that we're seeing Um hockey rinks springing up all over the desert Southwest. And I'm talking from Vegas to Mesa and everything in between. We're talking about programs like the Kachinas that are exploding and, and all over the place. So there's all kinds of stuff going on in the hockey world. And, you know, one thing I'm most proud of as a hockey guy here in the Southwest is that we, we haven't let our guard down in, in the respect that we were just going to let it go. Um, and, uh, and just go, okay, well, that's enough. No, we uh, we stuck with it. Uh, I think we got Larry on board with us right now. Larry Gibson, are you with me? Hey, Scotty, I'm here. Can you hear me all right? Oh, you sound fantastic. How are you, my friend? I'm wonderful. Thanks, buddy. It's good to be here. Thanks for asking me. Okay, good. now I, I want to start things off on kind of a somber note because we lost a good friend uh, about a week ago in, in Jim Rogers. And uh, I just wanted to, to get that in right away that the hockey world um, lost a great one, didn't we?
3: Oh goodness, uh, Scott! That's an understatement, my friend. I mean, he's he and I've been personal friends for a million years. We were friends when we were kids, almost. And uh, it's really uh, not only just a, a personal loss for all of us, um, and it's a measure and a measurable an immeasurable loss for the community. Uh, just immeasurable. I mean, he built hockey here. He 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 owned rinks. He did everything he possibly could to help uh, help grow the game down here, and it's a a sad thing for on a very on a personal note for all of us, but also his loss is going to be felt for a long, long time uh, in the in the hockey community, in the coaching community, uh, and the like.
1: You know, uh, Larry, when. I'll tell you a quick story. The first time I met Jim, uh, I was just getting ready to start this, and I kind of wanted to get a feel for what the market was and you know who you go to, right? You go to Randy Exelby, you go to Jim Rogers, uh, just a couple of names. You go to Catfish, right? And you kind of get a feel for what's going on in in the hockey community and what you can and cannot do. And and Jim was one of the first ones that I visited with uh, at Arcadia, and I said, you know, here's what I'm going to try to do. What do you think about it? And he said, I think it's a great idea but I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a battle. You're going to have to want to stick it out because it's not going to happen easy. And I'm sure that you and and Jim had a number of conversations like that and everything, because it wasn't easy for us, for him, um, for what he's done. But man, what a legacy he has left and, and
3: he will sorely be missed. He certainly will, Scott. And I just, uh, you know, he, he's the go-to guy for all that stuff. We'd go to him. You know, I, I remember actually coming back to him from playing at NAU, and I wanted a, uh, a men's league team. So we hooked him up with the Chiefs, and uh, uh, it's been 31 years of fun and friendship there ever since, and he had the big part of it, you know, getting that team together and uh, creating a rink for us and a program where we could have a lot of fun.
1: Well, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, his son Justin and wife Lori, and they were uh, – um, big mainstays and I'm sure will continue to be big parts of the hockey community uh, going forward. So just wanted to take care of that business first because I thought Jim deserved uh, first billing. And um, now let's talk a little bit about goaltending because that's what you do. And every time I think goaltending, I want to talk to Larry Gibber Gibson because you know what's going on in the goaltending world. So before we get into any kind of details, tell us about the status of, a goaltending here in the state of Arizona as USA Hockey looks at
4: it?
3: Well, the future certainly has been very, very bright here the last several years with our initiative of the 51-30 and 30 program. Steve Thompson's rolled out in um, Phil O'Seara before him. Uh, you know, the goal is to try to have 51% of the minutes played in the NHL and the W uh, NHL. Uh, played by American goalies. Uh, so we don't want backups up there. We just want to have we want to have uh, impact goalies that are up there playing and contributing to the sport uh, and the goalie t- department. And, and that starts at a, a super young age. By we want to create a love for the position. And there's some things there, Scott, we might get to in a minute. There's some challenges there. Uh, but right now we just want to get as many kids to try the position as possible uh, and then get them to fall in love with the game and then, of course, love and excel at it.
1: Well, when you talk about goaltenders, you look at all the different levels. And, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before. It used to be that it was the kid that couldn't skate very well. They put him in net, right, (laughs) put pads on him. And you said, hopefully, that guys will hit him with it, (laughs) in lack of better terms. Not anymore, though, Larry. They're they're getting bigger. They're getting more athletic. I mean, uh, I I was just talking with Coach Powers last night. He's got a fifth-round draft pick of the New Jersey Devils uh, and Cole Brady coming in six foot six goaltender that can move like a cat
3: yeah nowadays it's not it's it's cool to be big you know there's that silly commercial that's a car commercial i think an insurance or a, you know there's that big walrus in the net and uh, so it's true to your point it's kind <laughs> of uh, it's it, it, in the past many 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 years ago it attracted the sort of skater that per- wasn't particularly the most fit and uh, perhaps didn't want to work as hard as they thought they'd need to in that net. But, yeah, it's a very difficult position to play, and that's when the kids try it. They love it. They get an appreciation for it. But, yeah, there's some big, big kids in the upper levels and in the National Hockey League. They fill that net up well. But uh, most importantly, too, they they get in position well. Their, their size, their, um, you know, tributes to their, their, their mobility. their are a lot of mobility, and they are be able to get left and right and up and down. Uh, and it's not – Uh, You know, little guys get away with it. Don't get me wrong. My friend Hiroki would also back that up. (laughs) Exactly. It it just doesn't hurt to have a Duncan in there that can move and and, and is athletic. So, you know, we talked about so many
1: changes, and and a couple of them that come to mind are the fact that, as I said, for years goaltenders maybe didn't get the attention, right? They were the one that that wanted to stop the puck, just leave them alone, put them in their corner, let them do their own thing. Mm Uh, now, everywhere you look, there's specialized goaltending, and, and you're really the head of this as far as uh, the state of Arizona goes. So talk about how important it's become to have specialized goaltending coaches that can actually develop goaltenders.
3: Well, you're right, Scott, to your point about um, back in the day, goalies were pretty much ignored. They were just expected to do their thing and know how to do it and do it on their own. Um, but, you know, as uh, sports in general grew, um, you know, there's there's are especially coaches for everything now. And the, the, that holds true for goaltending, too. One of the late uh, the late great Warren Strelow uh, was a big influence to USA hockey and, uh, and hockey in general by being one of the first goalie coaches that were designated just for the position. Um, so what that being said now that it's a specialized position, everyone understands um, it's a game within a game. And if you're relying on your goalies at any level to just go out there and do what they do with any type of without any type of training or uh, knowledge about what they're doing out there, um, it's it's really not going to serve you well. You really need to uh, get those specialized goalie coaches to get out there to help these kids learn a very very uh, specific position with specific movements and uh, skating stuff, skating styles.
1: You know, I want to get into that and a special event that you guys got coming up on November 21st, which I, I reached out to you and I saw it and I thought I got to get out and do a story on this because I think it's going to be great. We'll get to that in just a minute. But um, this year of a pandemic, Larry, it, it, everything shut down on us in uh, in March, right? And we all struggled with it. I know you personally had some struggles with with the, the COVID-19 and we all were waiting to see what would happen with sports in general, Right. And I thought the NHL did a fantastic job in in doing what they did to get us back to be able to watch sports safely. And it might've been the most fun I've had watching NHL playoff hockey ever. Uh, And part of it, a big part of it, was the goaltenders. And when I look in our coverage area and I see uh, guys like uh, Darcy Kemper and Auntie Ranta and uh, Aiden Hill here with the uh, the Coyotes, and then I look up to Vegas and I see Robin Leonard and yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury and, and you saw what Demko did and you see what uh, Hudobin did. I can go on and on and on and talk about all the goaltenders, but um, how exciting was that to really have the goaltenders take center stage when – when all eyes were focused on the NHL and only the NHL for the most part.
3: Yeah, you know, Scott, that was exciting. And my expectations, I don't think they were low, but I think they were reasonable with respect to the NHL coming back. And uh, boy, did the goalies just put on a showcase. Um, you know, I mean, it was just really exciting to watch. And Hudovin's not a young guy. You know, everyone's young, everyone loves little goalies <laughs> right. and, and yeah. old goalies. So, uh, yeah, he was something to watch and really something to cheer for. You know, he's, uh, he'd been in the, uh, in the minors for quite a while. And, uh, you know, and then Tampa Bay had a pretty good goalie. And, uh, yeah. they played most of their <laughs> games, too. So, yeah. One thing I want to throw out to you as kind of a personal note, I didn't get
1: a chance to, obviously, with COVID to get to many things many practices, but I was able to watch a couple of Golden Night practices in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I noticed on both ends of the ice, Robin Leonard and his size had a particular style. Of course, Marc-Andre Fleury has a particular style and uh, for his size. And I told people, anybody that would listen to me at that time, I said, I think what's going to happen is Robin Leonard's going to get the bid because I don't think he allowed more than two goals the entire training camp, the two-week period in scrimmages. And it looked to me like Pete DeBoer was leaning towards him because of his style. Stand up, protected the net, doesn't get rattled very much, doesn't have to make many acrobatic saves. He just pretty much makes all the saves. So can you talk a little bit about goaltenders and their style uh, and the way
3: that that you as a goaltending instructor would like to teach? Or, or is there a method to teach? Well, Scott, that's a super interesting question. When it comes down to that stuff – Ultimately, you're going to have a kid that's going to develop his own style. You know, whether it's Leonard style, Flurry style, you're going to give them instruction. You're going to give them the basics, and they're going to go from there. They're going to find they're going to find their strengths, and they're going to find some deficiencies. While you want to work on the deficiencies, certainly, their strengths you want to continue to work on those strengths because that's going to make what a goalie's style is. And it's not something a coach can cookie cut for him. Nor do we want to. We want these kids to come up with their own style. We want them to benefit from from the strengths that they have, and um, it, it's you know as as hard as it was for those of us that love flurry, uh, I think to your point, and I agree with you. It, it's certainly super hard not to come back with him, with Leonard and uh, um, he, his style. Uh, you know, like Deboer, he, you could tell that. Uh, Leonard was DeBoer's man. You know, you could tell that. Yeah. And Fleury was yep. equally up to the case, and he could have done the same thing. I don't think it's going to be uncommon nowadays in the NHL to have stu- two starters.
1: Yeah, I was just going to bring that up, and you, you led me right to it, because uh, in Vegas right now they're committing about $12 million of their $81.5 million salary cap to their goaltenders. Um, and, and and there were two reasons that I was told that Mark Andre was still there uh, number one, $7 million is a hard contract to trade, especially with a guy that's got a, a limited no-trade clause. But secondly, mm-hmm. Bill Foley, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, said, I don't want to move them. I think we need two number one goaltenders, so I want to keep them both, and let's figure out what to do. And it you know, led to different things. I'm sure you've seen uh, what's happened. But um, mm-hmm. a- as a goaltending guy and a goalie, you gotta be pretty impressed that, that you're taking up that that much of the salary cap, right?
3: Well, yeah, it's and it isn't a secret. And if it is a secret to you, you've been under a, under a rock for a long time. Goalie, the goalie position is just huge. You can see what happens when a goalie goes on a string, and you can see what happens when he doesn't. So to your point, I think that the, that might be something of the future. That's a lot of money. You know, a lot of you know, Fleury's paid a lot of money, and a lot of a lot of the people pay to see flurry and, and it's kind of hard you don't want to hide a star like that but if he's happy getting 35 games or so uh you're what a one-two punch and you mentioned kemper uh you know and hill earlier and it's just you know you it's good to have a lot of that depth in your goaltending position because it is so important and kemper wow he he got the coyotes some extra games i feel in my opinion he he played outstanding and that's just a that's just a this this goes to show you just how important that position it is. And if you need to dump money in there, that's how to do it and just have a couple of great goalies. Back in the day, you might be able to get away with having a really good defensive core and a mediocre goalie. Uh, but I think nowadays those those goalies have to be mar- marquee players and I think they have to be franchise players and step up for their their organizations as as such leaders. Okay, so that leads me into November 21st, 1215 to 145, if I've got this
1: right, at the Ice Den Scottsdale. You have an event going on called Try Goalie
3: for Free Day. Um, Tell us about that. How did it all come about? Well, um, Scott, I'm glad you're going to be there because you're going to see a ton of (laughs) smiles there that day. Not, Not only on the kids, but the parents. It's just... We're offering a, a, a chance for these kids to try goalie for free. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, kids getting into the sport and the position specifically, there's some roadblocks there, especially, you know, hey, what age do you start playing goalie? And uh, there's some things about the goalie position that you're going to love, uh, and then some that you might – it might not be for you. So that's going to give these kids a chance to try it for free. They're going to have their player gear, and what we're going to do, Scott, is we're going to have several sets of goalie gear that we can just slap on them uh, to go out and to try it and just to kind of have fun. They're going to be three groups of 30 minutes, so the kids aren't going to be out there for over an hour. They're going to get out, they're going to get some basic instruction, and they're going to give it a try. And Scott, when that happens, you're going to have kids that go the, the well. I, I failed to mention the parts. You know the the there's cost. You know the roadblocks to um, to playing goalie as a as a kid are uh, expense. You know expense. The pads are not cheap, and that's why uh, the organizations now in Arizona are happy to provide loaner gear for these kids. They're called the quick change pads. You can get them on and off the kids throughout practice and in games. Uh, the kids are their kids first, their athletes second. And they may or not may or not be a goalie. And when you give these kids the opportunity, they'll absolutely fall in love with it. And when the gear isn't in a big, uh, isn't a big deal, um, then it's going to be an easier sell for the parents, you know, and then, and then there's of course challenges way beyond that um, goalies. Kids are going to love the position and they might want to play both, you know, or they're going to absolutely love it. Want to stay in net, in which case we do encourage them not to go into net full time till around the age of 10 or 11. But, uh, It's also going to find that group of kids that don't particularly care for it. And I think that's almost going to be equally important because that will develop a respect for the position of goaltending. If I try it and I don't like it, it was hard and I didn't enjoy it, but good for that kid who's behind me playing net uh, because I really appreciate what he does. But I think what you'll find, Scott, is you're going to see a million smiles out there. It's going to be kids having a great time. It's going to be free. The equipment's going to be loaned. I'm going to have Mike Nepps out there, our friend from uh, a organization. I actually am hoping to have Hiroki come out in some capacity. Oh, wouldn't that out. be wonderful? Yes, absolutely the best, you know, uh, to, to come out. and Because t- we want to talk to parents. We want to educate the parents as well. Uh, so this can make uh, – it can be a really great opportunity for these kids to have a blast and f- to get uh, the parents behind them to go out and do this. We really hope to have that 51 and 30 here uh, by uh, – by 2030. And then, uh, of course, I got some guys in Tucson and Flagstaff that'll come up and down here for that. And then uh, also the ASU goalie coach, uh, Gibber Marino is going to be out there helping too. So we got a lot of marquee goalie coaches there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you're going to be there because you're going to get some great video.
1: I can't wait. Uh, it's one of the things that I love doing is seeing the young young kids get involved in the game. That's why I do what I do is to watch the game grow, and it, it's grown. And I'm glad you brought up your daughter, Gibber, because uh, she's got a program that she works with with ASU that absolutely blew my mind, Larry, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I watched that develop, and I met Lindsay Ellis uh, probably one of the first days of her taking on that, and, mm-hmm. and I asked her how it was going, she said, um, pretty good, but you probably don't want to see my living room because it's covered in, <laughs> in equipment and jerseys yeah. and warm ups. And, and just tell us a little bit about how fast that women's program has taken it up a bunch of notches.
3: Well, it certainly has. And it's been so exciting because I got to watch it start too. Unlike yourself, I'm like, Lindsay's just a very, very dedicated coach. And, uh, you know, she's a growing coach. She's a learning coach. She's a rookie coach. And as a rookie coach, she's done so much for that program. It's been immense, uh, you know, that from her scouting uh, coaches and then also scouting for the players. Because um, they've got a pretty good rival across town they're competing with, you know, in Natalie Rossi. Yeah, Williams absolutely. Program. Yeah, yeah. So it's great to see those both those boats rise in the tide. Uh, they're challenging each other. There's a tremendous amount of excitement with the uh, girls in the valley. Of course, you know, the, uh, the Arizona Kachinas are, are fired up now, and they're getting their season going, and that program is just exploding uh, with the girls' program. So uh, Lindsay does a lot of hard work. It's not a mistake that her, her team is as good as it is, and it's just it's going to get better and better.
1: And, and your daughter went through coaching the goaltenders with her and assistant coaching with her, um, had a baby, got your gra- grandson
3: right, and, yes, uh, yes and and then moved right back in and started coaching again so she didn't miss a beat did she <laughs> no no she didn't she was on the ice at about I don't know you know <laughs> late in the pregnancy and I'm like oh my god without a helmet so, so that's another thing but yeah <laughs> so I mean I think she's just a true coach you know that that would kind of show that um, yeah she she's actually stepping back a little bit they brought on a new gal um, and I'm gonna remember her name before I get done here but Kendall yeah. Um, so, get, get, get her stepping down uh, from assisting coach role just to work, in fact, on more with the goalies. And she's already shown me some video and stuff now of the goalies and what she has to do. So, she's developed, uh, you know, some, some chart forms uh, uh, that will be helpful for the goalies to be uh, informed on what's going on in their games, and what kind of strengths they have and weaknesses. But she's really immersing herself back in that which kind of surprises me in a sense, but you know, it's kind of her roots and, and uh, she, she just loves goalie coaching, but I, I know that she loved working with the, the teams too. So, uh, but she's focused on the goalie part right now. And I think it's terrific.
1: So you, you mentioned Hiroki and, and I know Hiroki pretty well as, as uh, well. And we all know, I think in the hockey world, the battle that he's gone under, I'm still working on trying to get a goaltender's, Jersey auction off the ground. Mm -hmm. I've had like three runs at it. COVID's got into it a couple of times and Mm -hmm. different things. But I really want to do that to to help not only raise awareness for the the goalie community, but also to raise more funds because Hiroki's had a battle. Um, Tell us a little bit about Hiroki's role because I know he's excited to be a part of USA Hockey as well.
3: Yeah, he is. And he's just a tireless worker. He's one of those guys – like my CEP in my ECEP staff my coaching staff I can reach out to Roki, and when he's able he's there he, he came out with Mike Nepson and I and did a, a bronze level at Oceanside there's a small group of coaches there but he really added to it his knowledge his dedicate uh, ded- dedication commitment and just his passion around the position and for coaching the position and for coaching goalie or co- you know, coaching coaches on how to coach goalies it's it's just immense he's a real big contributor and the man's a warrior. What he's been through, um, not many of us will ever know, but yeah, he. we hope to have him back soon uh, and, and out, and I'm selfishly asking him to come to whatever he can uh, come out for us. Well, I tell you just how strong that,
1: that man is. Um, I sat down with him in the Oceanside locker room before he was diagnosed uh, with his rare blood cancer, and uh, we visited, okay, and and I could tell he wasn't himself, but he wouldn't let on, right? And I, we got down with the interview, and I said, "Hiroki, how are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, my back has just been bothering me. It's been, it's just not been good." I said, "You know, you need to have that looked at." But uh, he, he was bound and determined that he was going. I think to Thailand on mm-hmm. a uh, trip, and and he, I said, "Will you keep me updated on what's going on?" He said, "Sure." And he made this trip, and he was like, I don't know, it was like. 26 or 28 hours he was up uh, on this flight. And then you, he comes back and you find out, you know, that he's got this rare uh, blood cancer for him. And you're going like, Oh my goodness. What you just went through for your love of goaltending uh, is something that's just unbelievable. And as we all know, he's doing pretty well right now. He's gotten through a lot of the treatment uh, when he posted something online and I saw the treatment, it, it, it just overwhelmed me what he was going through. So, uh great to have Hiroki back. Let's kind of wrap things up, Larry, by just giving us a, an update on, on what's going on uh, in the middle of a pandemic with your goaltending stuff. How, how are you guys getting through and who's helping you out and, and what are all the things that are happening right now?
3: Well, thanks, Scott. It's, it's been a disaster like everyone else, you know, affected in every part of the, of the world and commerce and business. It's just everything's been on hold forever, including the coaching program. So that's had um, – a significant amount of challenges because we're trying to get first-time coaches ready for whatever season's going to be ahead of us here. Um, so that education program's really kind of taken a blow here. Um, we're trying to offer what's going on, is, at least with the goalie program is uh, is concerned. Steve Thompson, our national goalie coach-in-chief, uh, he did a bronze level recently. Uh, and you might know that the, the coaching program offers bronze-silver uh, and gold levels uh, for these goalie coaches—they're actually offered instead of they can take one of these and level up. So the coaches are required to see if there's levels, levels one, two, three, and four somewhere in between there. And I love that USA Hockey's taken this initiative is to offer one of those levels instead of going to your two or your three. You can go to this bronze level, silver, uh, silver level course and learn so much about goaltending. And to your question, they've been doing these virtually of course, with a tremendous amount of respect. You know, Steve Thompson knows his stuff, so, and and the speakers he brings in are terrific. But instead of us doing it at a local level, which is always great, we always want to do the in-person clinic. Uh, they, we've had to do virtual this year. It's been challenging, but the, under the circumstances, I think that the, um, the feedback's been very, very positive. And I think, I think we're getting away with it this year, but next year we want to get back to in-person clinics and, and getting the guys on the ice and learning about goaltending and, and coaching, for that matter of fact, too. So that's, uh, that's what we're working on. Good stuff. I didn't think
1: uh, that you guys would ever slow down no matter what because uh, hockey is a different breed uh, we all know that. That's why we love the game. We we battle through everything that's thrown at us. We keep moving forward. So let me uh, go over this one more time. It's November twenty first, twelve fifteen to one forty five p.m. at the Ice Den, Scottsdale. It's a try goalie for free day. Uh, what are the ages again,
3: Larry? Uh, we're going to go. We're searching for like seven to eleven years old. Uh, someday we're going to do an old guys' course, but for right now, <laughs> the ages, right around seven or eleven, we find that those are the uh, ages that stick. So we can do younger if someone wants to. Uh, they don't stick as well as the seven to eleven year olds. But you can register now at azamateurhockey.org. That's azamateurhockey.org. Uh, or you can email, email me with questions at gibson. Uh, at Arizona amateur Hockey at org. All right.
1: Fantastic yeah. stuff. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's been a little bit of a battle for you as well. Uh, health
3: wise. I hope you're feeling better and, and, and on the mend and hundred percent very, very soon. I'm lucky and blessed. Uh, yes, yeah, Scott. Thanks buddy. And thanks for having me on too. This is uh, I loved it. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. That is uh, Larry Gibber Gibson, the uh, state
1: affiliate goaltending development coordinator for USA hockey. And, uh, the titles go on and on, but I'll tell you what, the man is genuine and one of the best that I know. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back with another gentleman that is uh, very, very good at what he does. Catfish Catelli is going to join us in just about three minutes.
2: At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the Spirit used, And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila,
0: smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has
2: been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pre-game feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates, Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at ice hockey sw
4: All
1: right, we're back. Another episode, uh, another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Scrandy joining you solo tonight from Scottsdale, Arizona. Is my co-host Stephen Marsh has some personal things that he had to take care of tonight. Uh, we. Uh, believe that we're going to have Stephen back next Wednesday, so we wish him all the best in all of his endeavors that he's uh, working on right now. So we just talked goaltending with uh, Larry Gibson on the uh, ice, okay? Uh, We talked with our summer skates folks about summer skates, the sandals that you should have, the shower shoes that you should have uh, for off the ice. Now we're going to bring on uh, a good friend of mine uh, from Prescott, Arizona, the guy who runs the uh, Finlay Toyota Center, I believe, is the correct name right now. Catfish Delhi is going to join me in just a second. And uh, we're going to talk about roller hockey. He's got something coming up uh, called the F2 Premier Hockey Camps going on this weekend uh, outdoors, I believe, in Prescott. We'll find out all that from Catfish in just a minute. Um, and, and, folks, really, Catfish is Catfish, right? <laughs> I mean, Satish, Catfish everybody knows him as catfish you just say that in the hockey world around here in the southwest and basically anywhere you go and it's an immediate uh, response as to they know who you're talking about so uh catfish if you're if you're there uh click on one of those call in buttons the green ones and uh, let's bring you on and let's start talking a little uh roller hockey okay catfish are you there i am can you hear me okay Ah, fantastic. Everything working out <laughs> great tonight. I absolutely love it when everything comes together. <laughs> it's always a good thing. I How are you, head- my friend?
4: Good. I didn't have headphones. I was struggling to find headphones. My kids stole them. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's always a challenge when you do this. Uh, we're proud, Catfish, to say that we have the only live podcast uh, three days a week, soon to be four days a week, in the Southwest. Uh, so sometimes there are some little uh, connection, things like that. But once you get on the Podbean app and you get things going, you get to download and hear it tomorrow, you're going to go, wow, that's pretty good.
4: <laughs> it, it, it all awesome. seems, it seems to work out. Oh, for sure. It's a, you've done an amazing job. in just watching you grow, you talk so much about everybody else. But you yourself have done a, an incredible job with your program. So it's, it's been Awesome. Well, thank you. I
1: appreciate that. We've kind of had to roll with the punches. Uh, We kind of took uh, from a website to uh, expanded website to video to now the podcast. And the pandemic uh, really, Catfish has steered us into the podcasting because guess what? Everybody was inside for five, six months and they became very easy targets to be guests. (laughs) good way to track them down for sure (laughs) yeah they couldn't really say much like i'm not going to be home right well where's your phone you know (laughs) right exactly exactly right so uh last night we had coach powers on and we were talking about the success of his program and how he's dealing with the pandemic and now his team moving to to play in the big 10 basically an adoption of 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 the big 10 for asu if you will um but you got something really fun going on this weekend, and I'm so thrilled to be able to get up there and, and see this because I think this is a lot of fun. So I'm not going to burst the bubble. You tell me all about the uh, F2 Premier Hockey Camp that's going to happen up in Prescott.
4: I will. Uh, if I can chime in real quick, too. Uh, I uh, have so much adoration for Gibber that you just talked to before. Um he is absolutely one of the best guys. I mean, for me to even be on the same show as him is not fair. Like he is just outstanding. <laughs> Everything he's done for Arizona is just incredible. And then I appreciate you leading off with of Jim Rogers too. Uh, Jim is also an Arizona hockey legend. And I think I met Jim and uh Gibber, I think basically at the same time, 20 something years ago, uh, at one of the CEP clinics and, and, uh, friends with both of those guys since. And, uh, so Jim is definitely going to be missed, and um, and Gibber, I love you, buddy, if you're still listening, and I'm so glad you overcame COVID, too. Like he kind of gave us a run for the money making us nervous, too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah. I didn't need to take up your time.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> no, absolutely. Thanks for bringing those up. I, I was going to ask you about Jim because I know uh, Jim Rogers was was a special person to everybody, but certainly the hockey community. And uh, you probably heard my little lead-in when I said what he did for me. Uh, he really gave me a perspective, uh, scared me a bit as to whether <laughs> I really wanted to do this, but, um, we're plugging along. We hope to continue plugging along and getting bigger as we go, but okay. Roller hockey, what's going on this weekend in Prescott.
4: So I, uh, yeah, I have a camp series that, uh, that's mine that I coach. It's just F2 premier hockey camps. Uh, that's the name of my camps. I do ice camps and roller hockey camps. Um, we had a lot of discussion about COVID and how so many of the rinks are shut down. And, uh, I was very involved all over the state last year doing high school hockey and other programs. And there has just been, um, a difficulty getting these young kids out there playing, uh, especially in Northern Arizona. We're very limited as to resources. And, um, that brought me back to my grassroots of uh, roller hockey about 20 something years ago, we helped build a roller hockey rink here in Prescott. And, um, it's going strong. My son played all through it. And then I kind of left and concentrated on the ice. And I, and like I said, with COVID we can do stuff outside, but not inside. And that led me back to roller. So I started bringing more ice kids, more kids out to the inline uh, rink in Prescott, which is in pioneer park. Um, is controlled by Prescott Youth Hockey Association. And then next thing you know, uh, five kids leads to six kids, leads to 10 kids, leads to 20 kids. And then talking to the board and and they're like, hey, can you do a camp? And we kind of rush together and put together a camp. And uh, that's what it's all about. And so this is a level one camp. I do three different levels with the the F2 Premier. Um, Level one is basically an entry level. Level two is intermediate and level three is much more serious uh, for the kids that want to get on in college and that kind of stuff. Really similar to some of the stuff that Gibber's talking about, the bronze, silver, and gold kind of concept. And um, so right now, the Prescott Youth Hockey Association has nearly about 100 kids in their rec program. And uh, there's quite a few fathers and mothers and parents that are out there coaching. And to grow this game, which is what we love to do, we all have a passion for it. It doesn't matter what level you've come from, but we all love to grow this game. And there's definitely a need to grow the game here. And, and uh, that's what we're doing this weekend is putting on this camp. And I got everything from the learn to skate for mini mites from five, six, and seven years old all the way up to 16-year-olds. Uh, it's going to be two jam-packed full days of uh, skating. I think I calculated I'll be out there 14 and a half hours.
0: <laughs>
4: for two days? <laughs> that's going to be a little uh, exhausting for a 50-year-old, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay uh,
1: i'll tell you what catfish i'm 58 and uh, yeah, i'm already okay. tired and you just talked
4: about it <laughs> <laughs> there you go we just talked about it i'm that boring okay. and, no i'm just kidding but but so so what no, i'm you... talking about the work effort i mean
1: i know oh, yeah. playing the game refereeing the game and and coaching the game that i did on ice um i also did a little time uh doing roller but what really interests me in, in the roller part of it is, like you said, with COVID right now, a lot of kids are getting out. My my oldest son, uh, for example, said, "Hey, I'm thinking I got to get some rollerblades again because uh, I want to get out and do something." And you know, I mean, it's just so good. But when I looked at your um, itinerary that you sent me, you talk about power skating, and, and I, what I'd like you to do is talk a little bit about the similarities first of uh, roller and and ice hockey and then tell me a little bit about the differences we obviously know one's on ice and one's not but but talk about the similarities first
4: it's a it's tricky because for me i want to grow the game and growing the game through roller hockey is really important so then i get all these kids excited and then they leave roller and go play ice and then i have to spend two months (laughs) breaking all the bad roller habits (laughs) on ice (laughs) so i'm kind of stuck in the middle i guess (laughs) but no, you know the biggest thing. Uh, I actually Gibber mentioned it uh, earlier in the broadcast, and and uh, it's also part of the USA Hockey belief. And I was, you know, a big part of taking all those programs. So you got to be an athlete first, um, and just like your son, you. I mean, going out and getting rollerblades. you have to be an athlete first, and getting out there, staying athletic, staying involved, staying conditions, staying in shape. That's a big part of it. Uh, another really basic, basic part, which is not so much. Exactly the game, but you got to play the game and you got to love the game. So if you can't get out there on the ice, you want the kids still to love and still to have that growing passion for the game to want to play. And and so this is the opportunity in front of us. This is how we have to play up here right now at this moment. So we have to encourage that. And and when you have that love and passion for the game, you know that's why you begin to excel. That it, those three different levels that we always talk about. But. Um, I think some of the basics uh, that we can definitely go through, a lot of motions are very similar in skating. I think the basic difference is stopping um, and a little bit different on some hard cuts. So if you were to do C cuts, uh, inline skating, you skate with a much more narrow stance. Uh, Ice hockey, you skate with a wider stance um, when you're cutting and turning just to kind of support if you get any kind of contact. Uh, But there's no contact in, in roller hockey. But a lot of the basics that you would do for initial power skating, you know, seat cuts and swizzles and uh, transitions and and uh, that sort of thing, crossovers, cross unders, all those skill sets still carry into the ice, uh, and, and you're using those large muscle groups. It's muscle memory. It's attention to detail. Um, you'll see uh, when you come up Saturday that sort of my approach is very detail oriented in the power skating, and that. Slower is harder. You know, you get kids that try to run through these drills, but they're really not executing the drills in the proper form. They're cheating. So sometimes <laughs> when you do a drill very slow and very detailed, it's actually a lot more hard than going faster through them.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So, so so you talked about the similarities and the differences kind of wrapped into one for us. Um, when they get outside on the roller rink, uh, tell us a little bit about the outside environment, what it's like. As opposed to being inside, uh, obviously, it's a lot cooler in the building than it is outside. But uh, (laughs) uh, how are the dimensions of the rink and things like that set up for those that don't know uh, roller hockey or inline hockey?
4: Yeah, so a typical roller hockey rink for youth. I know uh, once you started getting to uh, 18 AAA and that kind of stuff, the rink is very close in size to an ice rink, standard ice rink. This one is, it's a lot smaller. I think it's only about 120 by like 65 or so instead of 200 by 85. So it's a, it's a smaller rink, um, but the play remains similar being that it's smaller. Obviously the puck moves slower than a puck would move on ice. So you still have a very similar type of game, if you will, um, if that kind of makes sense. And then the differences, main differences in roller hockey is there's no uh, offsides and okay. so you, can, you can cherry pick which makes a lot of people upset but that's part of the game
1: <laughs> we've all done that
4: <laughs> yeah least yeah, cherry picking well it's part of the rules you're allowed to like, well, okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh in prescott it's just absolutely beautiful up here um we're finally cooling off a little in the mornings it's been about 55 60 degrees so the mornings are just gorgeous and Uh, We're up at altitude, so even in the afternoon when you come, it'll probably be about 80, so it's just just wonderful. I really like the outside environment. To me, um, you know, glamouring and and Glitz is cool when you go to some of these amazing arenas and venues around the country, but just something wonderful about grassroots too, like this this rink. Like, literally, I was on my hands and knees with other people building this ring 20 years ago. Like, I think I've been <laughs> on every single inch of that ring. <laughs> so,
1: well, so. And that's the same thing inside for you now, because, Lord, I've seen you take that in and out of ice and dirt and rodeos and concerts. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so, that's another whole thing we can get into in a minute. But uh, my co host on College Hockey selfless Weekly is an ASU alum. He grew yeah. up and, and now lives out on Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein. and, and I told yeah. him you were coming on. He said he'd had a couple of chats with you on Twitter, I think, a while back. But he said, uh, when you get catfish on, ask him if he's going to have guys out there with roll up newspapers or towels and electrical tape for shin pads. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hey, we do what we do. We do what
1: we whatever it takes, man. <laughs> well, being growing up in New York, you know, many many years ago, Paul would shoot me if he found out uh, how many years I told him about. But that's how he grew up and, and grew uh, his love for the game of hockey it was on the on the roller rinks, which I'm sure you're very familiar with out there on uh, the East Coast. The way they do things, but um, oh, yeah. I had to th- I had to throw that out there. So the Paulie thing- knows. I yeah, was
4: well, say, when I was a kid, we played street hockey outside yeah, in the street. He did, and, uh, yeah. and then we had a, a upholstery shop down the way that we could ride our bikes <laughs> to. So we would go get the clippings out of the dumpster and use right. the like, upholstery from the sofas, and that was our shinies. Yeah. Uh, we make our own goalie pads out of that stuff too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the original pillows, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Okay, so so two things I want to touch on before we let you go here. Um, you got some uh, some pastries that you're going to be having available uh, <laughs> each morning. That caught my eye first. I got to tell you. <laughs> tell tell us about that, and then I want you to tell us about your very special guest that's coming up that uh, we're going to have a chance to visit with, hopefully on Friday afternoon or evening.
4: I love it. Well, the first one is also a special guest. It's it's my uh, my better half. So. Uh, <laughs> She is an amazing baker, uh, runs Sweetheart's uh, bait or Patisserie. And uh, so she does these organic we, – we try to eat healthy. I'm not always uh, wonderful at it, but, <laughs> 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 but when we're together, we do. I So she's making – she does organic, clean, very uh, healthy uh, scones and baked goods, and they are to die for. They're, like, outstanding. And I don't have a sweet tooth, and I love – what she makes
1: (laughs) and so we're looking forward to that right off the
4: get-go yeah Um, and so uh a portion of those sales that'll be in a concession booth will go back to the pyha for their nonprofit. so that's very good (laughs) and i'm guessing
1: i'm guessing i should have thrown this out earlier but if if you just want to come up to prescott to get away from the heat down here which we're still 100 plus and you want to get up there and just uh take a look at what's going on that's going to be okay right
4: if you social distance and things outside yeah, hundred percent. So outside the rules are definitely different than inside. Um, I put out COVID recommendations, but they're not requirements. So you just do what you're comfortable with doing and just try to keep other people in mind. And we want everybody to have a good time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. And now, yeah. now the other special guest,
4: um, tell us about that guy. So Charlie, uh, Charlie Watson is going to come. So he, uh, uh, he, he, um, and at first he wasn't, and then he says, "Guess what? I'm going to be there anyway." So, I'm like, all right, that's great. <laughs> that's so a good thing. Tell us,
1: me tell us what Charlie time. does. You gave me his title, but tell, tell him because I don't know if people know uh, the title that he carries.
4: So, well, first Charlie's been around. He's a crusty old hockey dude, and I've known him. <laughs> Longer than I've known Jim and Gibbert. <laughs> I've known him for a long time. But uh, he's been around the patch and he's coached everything from his little kids all the way up through junior hockey. He was with uh, uh, Swamp Rabbits in Greenville. He started out various junior leagues around the nation. Um, real, real in touch. And, and he's a guy that knows everybody, uh, literally, like knows everybody. And um, he's a skinny, crusty old man now, but he is just the, the best hockey dude out there. Like his word is gold. And uh, so he's part of the new league that's being starting up. Um, the COVID's delaying it a little bit, but it's the National Roller Hockey League. Um, most of the teams that are in this league are actually owned by NHLers, current and ex-NHLers. Um, the NHLPA has approved NHL players to actually compete and play in this league in the off-season. So wow. once this thing is up and running, you're going to be seeing some uh, great players out there. In fact. Uh, Richie, you just saw Richie got uh, put over to the Preds. Uh, Richie had his blades out and he was training and uh, he was getting ready to play on one of the teams and then the COVID thing hit as well. So the the national roller hockey uh, program is going to be an an off-season to the NHL. So guys can remain in shape and remain in touch and still play the game. Um, So Charlie is going to be, he was helping start that league and now he's going to take the, oh, he is the general manager for the St. Louis Vipers.
0: Oh, NHL very like, good.
4: Uh, the the one of the teams in that league, yeah. And I think the format's a little bit different. I'm not 100 percent sure. Typically, roller hockey is four uh, v four skaters and goal, and then one goalie. Obviously, um, I always I always have to include the goalie because it's really 5 to find out there. But, right? yeah. absolutely. But I think uh, with the NHL and the the skill level of these guys, are talking about doing a three v three. So it basically okay a lot of open ice and open space that should be a really exciting fast game um and it's a it's a brand new league that that appears to be growing and there's a lot of interest in it and you know, like he keeps charlie keeps telling me he's says, like, i can't tell you who it is but it's so and so and he's got this record <laughs> you know, like, you know, give me everything but the name so i can pretty much figure out who the owners are
0: <laughs> you know i love it
4: that, that's and, what we do in this business.
1: <laughs> and, and are there teams all around the United States and, and into Canada or just the United States or where are they all located at?
4: They're all mainly located in the Midwest at, the, at this moment. Um, okay. but they're currently shopping the markets and they're trying to expand in the U S first. Uh, their ultimate goal by next year is, is the same thing. You can talk to Charlie about it, but to have a East coast, uh, central and Pacific division, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and it works out really good for us in the arena business too. We always look for things in the off season, uh, for us that have ice rinks and, and potential teams in the winter. So this is a great thing that can come into smaller venues, even like our venue could be a great spot for one. Um, so it it just seems like it's a win-win at the moment. And, uh, so I'm just pretty excited that I haven't seen him in a, in a while. I talk to him every day, but I haven't seen him in a long time. So it'll be great to see him.
1: Well, well, I appreciate appreciate you hooking me up with them and, and giving a chance for, for us to visit because we're going to do uh, about a one-hour show, our Sunday special to have. Uh, everything covered from up there on the weekend and have it up on Sunday uh, evening so uh, people can get some viewing in when uh, <laughs> when it's all over with. But uh, Charlie sent me a, a text after you gave me his text information. He said, we're probably going to need about two hours because he thinks that hour is going to be spent giving stories about you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you better not.
1: I can reciprocate. <laughs> yeah, that was um... the other thing he told me to cut you off. <laughs>
4: yeah, you don't want to have your ratings go so low
0: after, after <laughs>
1: you talk to me okay I want you to wrap things up for me by giving us a little update on what's going on up there at the uh, what are we now the Finley Toyota Center is that what you're calling the, uh, the yeah. facility
4: so Finley Toyota Auto Group is based out of Las Vegas they bought the naming rights of our venue so it's the Finley Toyota Center uh, that is also our website com. so if anybody has that interest Um while I am doing my roller camp, we will be turning the chillers on, and the ice install actually begins on the 19th, Ooh. which is Monday. Breaking um, news, folks! Breaking news! <laughs> yeah, so we're putting our sheet of ice in, and then we don't have a uh, uh, an NBA uh, team with us this year, so we are the NBA G team, and so um, we'll have a lot more ice available and ice slots available, and so. Already on the horn, mm-hmm. working with a bunch of different people, trying to see if we can bring in some high school hockey, some college hockey. You know, we were talking to Danny and about the uh,
1: the w- uh, WCHL, W-C-H-L. Yep. yeah,
4: WCHL championship. Which I don't hey, know. Hey, I, numbers just so
1: work. you, just so you know, on the podcast, I pushed really hard.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I think it just comes down to a numbers game. Unfortunately, it though, does. Yeah, it does. We all love each other. We want the best for each other, but we can't like things are expensive right now. It's difficult. And then you got to keep pushing uh, Greg, their powers to let's bring another one of those desert classics up was. Oh yeah. I'll definitely, I'll
1: def- that was so much fun. Uh, I just wish uh, we would had more people to pack that building because I can tell in that building when it's packed, it's rocking, it's raucous and um, yeah. that's what you want in uh, especially a college environment. So hopefully that will happen again very soon. Um, yep. uh, final, final thing for it is like uh, I'll be up this weekend to uh, to try out everything from the from the pastries to uh, <laughs> appreciate that. To, to the interviews. But uh, uh, we talk about the growth of hockey, and I, I just want to touch base on this real quickly. We just got a couple of minutes, but uh, I was up in Vegas and I saw what had exploded up there, and and you've seen uh, the growth down here, but not really like that. Could, could you have imagined that Vegas was going to go the way it did? Where all of a sudden, within four or five years, they got six ice sheets, and and now they're talking about two more uh, that are going to go on the south side of Vegas. Apparently,
4: yeah, it's unreal, right? I think what Henderson, right? That's the south area, but the, it's just ridiculous. Um, I think the entire Southwest. you just look at Arizona and how Arizona burst onto the hockey scene, and we got guys like Austin Matthews and stuff coming out of phoenix coming out of the middle of the desert like it's just unbelievable yeah. and we're producing players and now that's happening in vegas it's just i mean people are realizing that you don't have to freeze your freeze your backside off to play hockey you can come out with southwest and train and and have a good time but it's just amazing uh, to see the continued growth and then you look at the coyotes what the coyotes are doing putting in all these different roller rinks um in arizona to help grow yeah the team. it's just yes it's just, exactly Roller hockey is like is becoming the new grassroots in the Southwest, right? Because you can play all year round, you can play outside, and it's like actually like Gibber was saying, the cost is really low. It's inviting, and you can bring your kids out, and like that's the perfect way to grow the game. And uh, it, and Vegas is following suit. It's just exciting to watch that. <laughs>
1: Well, that's very well said. Hopefully you're going to get a, a professional team of uh, ice and roller in that building soon because if there's a place that deserves it and a guy that deserves it, it's you, Kadish. uh, <laughs> uh I, I think you do such a wonderful job. I was up there, you know, what, five years ago when, the, when you were tearing out the sundog stuff and I could see the hurt and the pain on your face uh, to have to take <laughs> that locker room out. So thank yeah. you for, uh, for coming on tonight. I know you're busy right now with the, with the scheduling and, and getting the. Uh, the hockey camp up and running. We'll see you tomorrow or Friday night Friday, and yeah. uh, and Saturday. So we look forward to it. Uh, save me some good pastries, uh, Andrea. Right? Tell tell Andrea to, uh, to to make a special batch for us. Uh, yeah,
4: she has to say Andrea, <laughs> uh, Andrea, Andrea. Well, okay. I already told I was, I already told her you get the first one on me. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I absolutely love it, my friend. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll see you this weekend, and uh, tell Charlie I look forward to meeting him in person.
4: That sounds terrific. Thank you so much, Scotty. I appreciate the time.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, another college or uh, club hockey selfless week. Let me get ahead of myself here. I'm uh, <laughs> wrapping up another week. It's unusual that I do it solo. Catfish, thanks for joining us. A big thank you to Larry Gibber Gibson, too, for coming on and, uh, and talking uh, goaltending with us from the USA and the uh, grassroots level here in Arizona. Um, we'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein of the Peacemakers. De Niro. <laughs>